0: Today's episode is sponsored by Omroot Consulting. Visit them at enrootgapyear.com. Welcome to your team with Sue and Steph. I'm Sue. And I'm Steph. And we are the co-founders and owners of Your Teen Media, the resource for parenting tweens and teens.
1: Our guest today is Julia Rogers, founder of Enroute Consulting and a dedicated advocate of students taking a gap year or time between high school and college to travel and engage in service work. But before we talk to Julia, we are going to talk once again about our behavior during this unusual time. You know, it's interesting because... I think we've spoken about our discussion about grout, right? Which I actually, by the way, I got to be honest, like a third bleach, two thirds water in a spray bottle. You, I can't breathe. I mean, it literally is unhealthy, but my grout is really looking good. I just want to put that out there. Well, I was going to say I the blinds behind you look,
0: unusual, <coughs> look unusually clean, nope, I'm noticing. No, it
1: wasn't those. Yeah, but it's not those, <laughs> not those. Anyway, I, I did try to clean the blinds, which I think haven't been cleaned in 26 years. So, it's not so easy to do. I'm wondering, do people do that often? Is that like a thing people do, clean their blinds?
0: Uh,
1: are we <laughs> <laughs> Wow, I I rendered you speechless.
0: Well, okay, well, just I'm saying... Yeah. Are we are, are is the survey, you know, we surveyed two people. Uh huh. Yeah. Okay. We surveyed two people.
2: Two <laughs> people. Two, two people. out of
0: two people. Two out of two. So this one is going to say no. That is not something people do.
1: Okay. So we have a report for you guys. <laughs> two out of two people said you do not clean your
0: blinds. I've heard that one hundred percent of people do not clean their blinds. One hundred percent of
1: the people we surveyed. One hundred percent. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So, um, but because the blinds was not satisfying, the grout was satisfying. The blinds mm. was not satisfying at all. Oh,
0: good. So um, I'm not going to do it now because I was worried you were going to say yeah, it was no, satisfying. Yeah, don't,
1: don't bother. Uh, okay. Don't bother. But then I moved to my computer because I am running out of space on my computer. And I was nervous that the computer, which needs to be replaced, is going to somehow crash because I have, you know, when you look at the amount of storage you have and it gets smaller and smaller. So today... I deleted files. uh, Well, first I deleted all the trash in my Mac mail because I thought, Mm. you know, it still exists in in like the actual application or whatever it's called, like Google mail, Gmail. So that was a bad idea because now I can never look through my trash to (laughs) retrieve something. But that didn't work so well anyway, right? Like we can never find our emails anymore. But then I was trying to delete documents because that seems to be the bulk of what's taking up my computer space. And I was deleting downloads because I thought, you know, those are already saved somewhere if I needed them, so I'll delete those, but it moved to recent without me paying attention. So if you have recently sent me anything (laughs)
0: like And by recent she means from from April twenty (laughs) nineteen. So everybody who knows Sue can just go back and check yeah. all their scent items. <laughs> is that unreasonable? You're it's, saying it like it, it's a joke. No, no. I'm saying it totally. I just hope they are they have time after doing their grout cleaning and their blind <laughs> cleaning <laughs> that they can fit this in. I mean, it's really not so fair to ask that of people, Sue. So.
1: Okay. So I take my request back, but I will say it's a little sad because I spent hours and hours doing a project that no longer exists on my computer, which is really sad. But... What are you doing, Steph? To to kind of get some order in your life, taking the dog to the vet.
0: You know what? I have figured out that taking a dog to the vet five of the last seven days is really a great use of time. Watching your dog and just like not now, like everything is like, well, oh, did her fur go like that before? Why is her leg shaking? Why does she look like that? Does she usually curl her paw like that? It's like we've spent so much time staring at the dog. I'm, you know, it, it's ridiculous but may she be well. What am I doing? I, the cleaning thing definitely lingers. A lot of those things are still bothering me. So I would say there is, that is the control piece of me trying to, uh, what are you focused on? I'm still focused 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 on the ground.
1: ground. (laughs) Okay. So you want to borrow, do you want to borrow my spray thing? I bought it last week. But you I bought but that I,
0: bleach and water concoction. No, no, no.
1: I bought I <laughs> bought just a an empty spray um, bottle, and I added a third wa- bleach and two thirds water. Okay. It, it's a really nice spray too. You know how you can like, oh, you know it has a nice mist. It's like satisfying. It yeah, really is. I get So that. you just you just stand there. You spray your whole shower, then you realize you can't breathe, so you walk out. Okay. And you let it sit there for a while, and then you like I what's a I, while? Like a couple days or like no. No, no, because we wouldn't be able to use it. It's okay. really I I can't imagine this is healthy.
0: Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, and then what happens? So after a few yeah, minutes, then I,
1: then I I took a rag and I wiped it. And if you are still listening to our podcast at this point. <laughs>
0: You are either fascinated with grout or you love us. One of those two things. And you know what? Wait, let me be clear. Either is fine. Because the next segment, we're going to be talking about watching paint dry. So I I just want to finish this piece so we can get to that exciting segment. But wait, Sue, in all seriousness, and for all of our listeners with bated breath, I know they're listening. Do you, when you go back in, are you wish people could see because we can see each other. Are, do you do you rub it down? Do you wipe it down? Do you take the nozzle? Like, what is that process?
1: Well, so <laughs> I didn't have like that specific a technique, <laughs> but I will say my, my bathroom, my shower might look as close as it did to when they first put it in as ever since, like we've been in this house 26 years or longer. But so that, did it... Yeah.
0: <laughs> piece again fascinating as ever <laughs> the pieces that are like I've got some, some crowd that just will not quit like is it really sparkling am I gonna put more effort in all and right I'm- Steph
1: I'm gonna cut you off right now I'm just gonna say I'm gonna come over and give you a virtual tutorial outside your house or you know what I'll hold my camera up so you can do it but don't go to the, the um, Walmart, which I ventured into because I bought the last spray can. I mean, they might get more. Who knows? But, or you can order it online, I'm certain.
0: But you know what our, our listeners are really wondering about? What? What grout has to do with a gap
1: year. Okay. I can't make that segue. But what can, I can tell you is that we are going to talk to Julia Rogers from En Route Consulting now. And she is, she's just really amazing. She has, don't, wouldn't you say she has like one of the more soothing voices that makes you really trust her? I would agree with that. Yeah. So up next is our conversation with Julia Rogers. We can't wait for you to join us.
0: Today's episode is sponsored by En Route Consulting. Their goal is to empower a student to make decisions about how to spend their gap time within a framework that is decided upon as a family. En Route gets to know the student's gap year dreams and helps them make responsible, feasible choices that maximize the power of this incredible time. I love their knowledge and approach with each recommendation tailored to that student's personality. What more could a mom ask for? Visit them at enroutegapyear.com.
1: Rogers is the founder of Enroute Consulting, inspired by the idea that more young Americans should engage in service work and travel as a way of learning about themselves and the world around them. Now, over a decade later, she has guided hundreds of students and their parents through the gap year planning process. She also serves as president of the board of directors of the Gap Year Association. And in 2017, she was awarded the first ever Gap Year Association Award in Innovation for her work in the gap year industry.
2: Hi, Julia. Thanks for being here with us. Thanks so much for having me. I'm happy to be here. Yeah, we're really
1: excited to talk about gap year because now is so unprecedented and there's so much uncertainty. And if you have a senior right now, like what the hell are you supposed to do? So planning for something that you can control if I had a senior, that would be the path I'd be going on because right now I am grabbing for control. So can we start with you telling us what is a gap year and why should someone take
2: it now? Sure. So I define a gap year as a structured time of personal growth aided by activities of enrichment. And so I guess one of the reasons why you might want to consider taking a gap year this year is that there are many ways that you can fit a gap year into that definition because it's, it's broad broad and wide ranging, but there are still benchmarks that make it a intentional choice. So it's really about giving a student the authority and the permission to take control over the bridge into their adult life. So offering them opportunities for career exploration and personal growth and independence building. And that's really what the core qualities of a gap year experience are.
1: And what what are things that people are talking about doing right now? I mean, you know, it's like, in my mind, a gap year was going to Europe or going to Africa and doing all these things that involve travel, that's not happening. So what are people talking about doing right now?
2: Right. Well, one of the things that I've been telling people and coaching people through is anchoring their year toward to those goals that they want out of their gap time. So why is a student taking a gap year? They ask themselves those questions. And then if they have a few goals that they want to work on throughout their year or throughout this period of time that they're gapping for, then you can think about what kinds of activities are going to help them meet those goals. And the good thing is, is that if you take any particular interest, you can usually find a way For them to do that in their own community or in broader community outside their community, but within the states, or perhaps virtually too, if, if we're in a situation where there isn't freedom of movement. So I think that there's a lot of flexibility that comes in with the gap year option. That's why I think a lot of families are finding it so attractive this year.
1: Like what's an example of something that someone's already like honed in on and going to do?
2: An example would be that there are some place based programs that are really compelling, I think, because they are wor- small contained environments where a student may focus on sustainable agriculture or farming, and they'd be with a cohort of you know, 12 other gap year students and leaders who are all living on the same property together and living in community and learning life skills and learning how to homestead and things like that. So they would be learning kind of these practical skills of how to work on land and how to be close to the land, having philosophical conversations about environmental justice and social justice issues, and then also building out those practical skills, learning how to communicate within a group and build out their own confidence and things like that. So that's one place-based opportunity that I see pretty feasible for, for a year like this, where we need to be mindful of how we're interacting in our greater communities. I'm also seeing a lot of virtual opportunities, virtual language learning, virtual cultural exchange, skills building and career exploration all happening in a container that can be done anywhere.
0: How do I find out what opportunities are available for my kid? Where do I start? Especially, I think, given that a lot I have
2: heard from parents who have seniors, they'll say, well, it's not like there's anything they can do now because they can't travel. Right. Yeah, that's a, I mean, it is a misconception, I think, that the gap year has to include international travel. And I think that in my most optimistic moments, I do think that maybe sometime in the next, you know, year, there will be opportunities for students to, to move internationally. And I, I'm starting to hear about some innovative ways that companies and, and even governments are starting to create routes for people to to perhaps move internationally. But for now, I think it is it is probably safest to think about the gap year happening within your region or within the country. And so how do I figure that out as the mom? As the mom, most people start with Google and then quickly become overwhelmed. And so I think that the the best place to start is a neutral landing spot. I would say that one of the best places is the Gap Year Association, which is gapyearassociation.org. They have student and family membership levels. And once you're in on that, you can kind of access forums and other types of education. And they also have a... um, a list of accredited programs that they have independently accredited for health and safety and reliability and quality. So that's a great place for families to start because it has a program listing that you can either draw from or just become inspired by because it's certainly not exhaustive, but it is a good place to start your research. And then, obviously, as a gap year counselor, a lot of people choose to bring in a, an expert that's specific to this field to kind of help them work through the options and find something that's more personal to their interests. So that's where where I work with families is I have, you know, I have a student this year who's really interested in elevators, and he wants to incorporate elevator engineering into his gap time. And my job is to help figure that out with him. (laughs)
1: So people come to you with just general ideas, and then you can help them hone in on
2: opportunities? Exactly, exactly. So one of the things that this student and I are talking about is can he get an electrical engineering certificate out of the way on his gap year that he can then use and, and kind of it's a side, it's a like kind of a way for him to stay local if he needs to still have a practical application of his interest. But then later in his year, he wants to go to Asia and do an internship in a major city that has all these amazing skyscrapers that have like crazy elevators, which he wants to see. So this is a pretty esoteric um, yeah. example, but it is it is inspiring cool. because everybody has an interest. And that's what I always tell young people is to follow their curiosity on their gap year. Don't worry about finding a passion because that's a, a tricky word. And I think it's a triggering word for some people, but everybody's curious about stuff. And that's really what's exciting about a gap year is that you have the space and time to kind of dig into those curiosities.
1: If I give you a budget, we make a phone call We ask you about things that interest us, and then our parents have also set a budget for the year. Is it doable for not a lot of money?
2: Yeah, I think that one of the things that I'm seeing this year is that I think we may see a opening of accessibility in the gap year space, because when you think about going abroad and some of the programs that take students abroad, those can be pretty expensive. Those can be $15,000, $16,000 for a three-month-long program. Are those programs amazing? Yes. If you can do them, they are amazing. But a lot of students can't afford that, and that's not in the cards. But these same programs are pivoting to offering domestic or virtual opportunities that are much more accessible and still offer some really interesting outcomes for and, and activities for those young people. So one example would be Global Citizen Year, which is a uh, very well-funded and, and um, a very well-known gap year program that typically embeds people in communities abroad in Ecuador Senegal and some other countries. And they just launched an academy that's going to be a virtual academy that kind of takes a lot of their core values and implements them in a virtual space so that students can do service work in their own communities, but kind of be connected to a virtual community of gap year peers at the same time so there's a lot of innovation happening which is pretty exciting julia what about a kid i I think when we started in Sue said, you know if i had a
0: senior and i'd want to control things what about a kid who has a year or two under their belt and is saying well wait a minute should i pause right here and would you put that into the same category
2: as a gap year and there and are there other things you would you should be looking at Definitely, yeah. I uh, we refer to those in the in, in the industry as the stepaways. <laughs> so, um, so this the step asides. You know, who who take a little bit of time. And in normal years, we usually see those students doing that because they may have started down the path of a major that they then want to switch, and they need to kind of kind of take a take a breath and take a space and really find out what they want out of their college experience before they get that degree and that's a really worthwhile period of time and and oftentimes like even now if that's not your choice if you're kind of motoring along but you just don't want to return to campus if you can't return to campus, (laughs) then it's it's a good opportunity to think about how you might use what you've already learned in in an applicable setting. So can you get a virtual internship? Could you do something of service in your community? Could you join an AmeriCorps program as a contact tracer? So there's, I mean, thinking about your career path and thinking about applicable ways that you might utilize what you've learned already or learn some new things while you have the time.
1: When we did the Q&A the other day with you, there were parents who were concerned about their kids who already got into college. They have a senior, their kid already got into college. And there were two concerns. One is financial aid packages and what happens. And then the other was, can we defer?
2: Mm -hmm. Right. So deferrals this year are a little bit of a Wild West because, as you know, I mean, I'm hearing stories about families putting down deposits at multiple schools, which usually is a no-no. And you know I think that there's a lot of things happening this year that are different and new, but typically what we what we try to encourage people to do is choose one school that you really wanna go to, communicate with the admissions office and request a deferral from that school if you do not wanna go this fall. And usually that process um, requires you to put down a deposit to hold your place at the school and then write a deferral letter with a statement about why you wanna take a gap year, don't make it about COVID, and what you want to do on your gap time, which doesn't have to be binding or a promise to that school, but should outline kind of the, the reasons why you want to take a gap year and what you hope to do on it. And then the, you know, ideally the school would rubber stamp it, hold your spot for the year, and then you're kind of good to go for your gap time. This year, it's a little bit more complicated because every school seemingly has their own policy and some schools that were historically deferral friendly such as Princeton are saying that now we don't know if we're going to hold your spot for a year whereas other schools that never I would have listed on the deferral friendly side of things are saying if we decide to go virtual if we make that announcement we will allow our students to defer if they wish. So some schools are making it easier and some schools are making it harder for students to defer. So that's why I kind of say it's if you have that short list of schools that you're still deciding on, or if you know your which school you're going to, be in communication directly with them and see what the process is. And then as far as financials and how that all works, you know, you have to reapply for most uh, financial aid packages the following year after you defer. So FAFSA, you'd have to reapply for, obviously. And then merit aid and things like that, usually you have to reapply. And those schools tend to want to give those packages to the students who are coming this year. So they're not gonna promise that aid to you the same amount for the following year, but you can reapply and and see how the chips fall. It may be better, may be worse. So that's a little bit of a roll the dice for families. And are there any kids where you would say, Gap year is really just not such a good idea. So I think that this year there's there's two scenarios in which i would I would you know think about think about it very strategically for families. And one is that if if you got a very attractive financial aid package because you do I think that that's something that we can't guarantee again, if uh, especially if it's a combination of merit aid and internal scholarships or something like that, you may just want to you know lock that in and and keep to the plan and see and just make the most of it. The other side of the coin would be students who are really, really lacking in self-motivation. I think that there's going to be a degree of of self-motivation that's required for a a student to have a really productive gap year this year because the likelihood of there being just these packaged programs where you just kind of, everything is done for you, it might not be as likely for those to be happening, at least in the fall. So a student's going to have to be okay with the idea of engaging online and logging on and and engaging in their community and doing more outreach and doing more research about what's out there. There's that to consider as well. But then again, I don't know what those types of students might look like doing college virtually. So it might be also a case that they should take a gap year too. (laughs) Because at least if they weren't doing much, they wouldn't be doing much to the tune of (laughs) $50,000.
1: Right. It's it's so true. I mean, you know, when a kid takes a gap year, like they start school differently. This is like my favorite question to ask, like, what's the best gap year experience someone's had that they could still do this year? Like given the conditions today, what's that kind of no one knows about
2: it and it changed someone's life? Ooh, you asked me this question last time, and I'm going to give you a different answer this time. (laughs) (laughs) Um, I host a podcast called Gap Year Radio, and the best part about doing a podcast is that I also get to interview people who are interesting, and we focus on Gap Year alumni. And so a lot of the best stories I've ever heard about Gap Years come from those conversations that I've had on the podcast. And one student who we profiled recently did a program called American Conservation Experience, which actually embeds people in cohorts to work on our national parks. And you you join a, a hitch, which is what the the um the internal jargon about, which means your group gets put on a trail and you do different things to help improve the trail system and the ecology around where your hitch is. And I mean, at, at first I was like, Hmm, that, you know, like that sounds really hard. And like, how, like, I'm not sure if that would interest me. And then the more that she talked about it, the more I was like, I would do that. That sounds really cool. She got to use dynamite. She got to <laughs> use cranes. She got to use axes. It sounded so much fun. And so you're you're, and also you have like this really strong social dynamic with people who come from well, in previous years all over the world to join these projects to work in our national parks, which are some of the most amazing places in the world. The American Conservation Experience and similar programs that are affiliated with AmeriCorps are still accepting applications. And I think that programs like that where they're able to control the outside environment a lot better and, and being in the wilderness, I think that that is a more feasible type of program where we think that that might be able to run this fall and, and onward. So that's a really cool one, I think.
1: Yeah, well, that one has a lot of people excited right
0: now, even if they're not about to go to college. I was just going to say, I, I wonder how my husband's going to take that tonight at dinner when I tell him I'm leaving for the American conservation
2: experience. <laughs> and there's there's trail work all <laughs> over the country. I, I had a student this past year who were, who did a trail hitch in New Hampshire, and he would text me pictures from the sunrise over the White Mountains, and it's incredible. And, okay. You know, I'm we have, totally doing that. Yeah. National treasures.
0: <laughs> I already pulled it up.
1: <laughs> Do you find that when kids come back from those unusual experiences that they pivot on what they thought they were going to do?
2: Sometimes, yeah. I think that, I mean, with that particular type of program, it really shows, a lot of times people will come back from a program like that and say, I know I don't want to be in an office. I know that I need a, the type of uh, career where I'm in the field or where I'm using my hands. And that's incredibly important knowledge to have as you go into higher education, because maybe that routes you in a different direction. Maybe you go to vocational school instead of a four-year college after that, and therefore save higher tens of thousands of dollars on your education, knowing more about what like what career you want and then what's the most appropriate education to get you where you wanna go. So those are some really important outcomes that we see with gap year students for sure.
0: I have a question that was not on our list, but, and it, it's usually our last question, but I'm gonna give it a twist and we can still ask our, our last one. But what's the biggest misconception about a gap year? We
2: always talk about what people, you know, what the misconception is about teens. What's the misconception about a gap year? I think one of the biggest misconceptions is that a student will get enamored with the real world and not end up at college. And you know, we actually have data that disputes that myth, because we see that 90% of students start college within a year of taking their gap time. And then, you know, I think that the other thing that I would say is that I think that that question calls into question the fact that we assume that college is always the right choice. And I think that instead, the better question is, what are the multiple educational pathways that we should allow our young people to consider? What type of adult do they want to be? What type of job are they best suited for? And then what's the scaffolding that we need to provide them to get them you know, to a successful adulthood. So that is a beautiful answer. <laughs> mm-hmm. Thank you. Um, so yeah, that's I think that's one of the misconceptions. And then the other one that I already dis- that I already dispelled was that you have to go international. It requires you to backpack across Europe or something along those lines. And I think that travel is very formative and wonderful, but. Travel can also be a road trip to visit a friend this year. Travel can also be hiking a part of the Appalachian Trail. Travel can be going to, you know, Nashville and seeing a, a show if we're allowed to ever see live music again. <laughs> you know, those kinds of things. <laughs> okay. Well, you you
1: have given us some real things to think about. Hopefully, our audience who has kids who are either seniors or in college are thinking about the alternatives and even excited about the idea of planning something that's more certain than where we are right now today with college in place. So Julia Rogers from Enroute Consulting, thank you so much for being our guest today.
2: Oh, it's been a pleasure. Nice to to talk with you both. Thanks.
0: Thanks for joining us for Your Teen with Sue and Steph. If you have any topics that you want us to talk about, let us know on our Facebook page or email editor at yourteenmag.com. Also, if you want to receive our newsletter, head on over to YourTeenMag.com. Your Team with Sue and
1: Steph is a production of Evergreen Podcasts. Special thanks to executive producer Michael DeAloya, plus producer Hannah Leach and audio engineer Eric Koltnow. If you like today's podcast, please leave us an iTunes review or send the episode to a
0: friend. You can find more from us at YourTeenMag.com, at EvergreenPodcast.com, or anywhere you listen to podcasts.